She say don't give a say your soul away, 'cause all that you have is your soul. So don't be tempted by the shiny apple. Don't you eat of a bitter fruit. Hunger only for a taste of justice. Hunger only for a world of truth. 'Cause all that you have is your soul. Welcome everybody to our 79th episode. We're going to continue our interpreting the Old Testament series on Deborah. But before we do that, Pastor, how are you? You sound a little bit under the weather. Yeah, I've got a little something, something Cheryl gave me and she had it for about a week. So uh, it's not too bad. I just sound a little funny. I always sound funny, but uh, I'll sound even more funny today. Yeah, oh uh, no, my God. And it sucks because it's so close to, you're going on a trip soon, so. Yeah, this weekend I'm going to go see our son who's stationed in Mississippi in the Air Force, but um, hopefully with a couple of days rest, I'll be okay. Yeah, hopefully. It's always these sicknesses that catch you in the worst timing ever. But. Yeah, like your, uh, like your honeymoon. Oh, yeah. We, for those of you who don't know, we got COVID, Megan and I, during our honeymoon. So we spent half of it sick, so not fun. But uh, at least it makes for a good story. I think that's what someone told us. It makes for a good story. I know it does. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, we're going to focus on Judges chapters 4 to 5, the story of Deborah. And I find this one of the most fascinating stories of the Old Testament because Deborah is actually the first and only female judge. But more than just a judge, he was also a prophetess. And... As a fun fact, there's only one other character in the Old Testament who was also prophet and judge. That's Samuel. So if anything, we have here Deborah, someone who's comparable to the prophet Samuel. And Deborah had a really successful ministry as a judge. She, she ruled over Israel for 40 years or judged Israel for 40 years. And she was able to free them from their oppressors through a man by the name of Barak. And there was peace in the land. It's actually a very beautiful story, and it's actually a very rare story when you're familiar with the book of Judges. Her ministry is actually very rare. But here's the thing, though. There's a huge misconception about Deborah, because I've heard some people uh, growing up and even now that take her story to mean that since she was a female judge, she is a she's an act of judgment from God to Israel. And there's and they take and they use two passages as proof text to make their point. They take Isaiah 3.12, which reads, My people, infants are their oppressors. Women rule over them. And they use Hebrews 11.32, which um, lists men of faith throughout the Old Testament, and Barak is mentioned and not Deborah. And they somehow take that to mean, you know what? Deborah must have been, you know, God's judgment against Israel. That's why she's not mentioned or something like that. But these are honestly very, very weak objections. A, a closer look into these passages would show that, you know, they're not really relevant at all to the story of Deborah. And we're going to do a Actually, we're going to do an episode on Isaiah 312. We're going to dive a closer look into that and show how how that's been taken wrongly, one, and two, the, the many issues with that passage. But overall, 
our, our purpose today is to show that the story of Deborah is an example of God raising a woman, empowering her with his spirit to rescue and lead us people. And it's honestly a very, a very beautiful story. But before we do that, Pastor, have you ever heard this misconception before that, you know, <clears throat> female leaders are, are an act of judgment against Israel? Yeah, I've heard it a lot. And it, it sort of reminds me of some of the um, science debates about Genesis is that we bring our modern questions to the text hmm. when Moses is not sitting here thinking, okay, I'm going to write this to make sure that nobody believes in evolution or Darwin or um, because they're going to introduce an old earth. Uh, and so we bring modern – we want the text to solve our modern questions. When And Moses wasn't even thinking these things. Moses was not thinking the age of the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that with the, the female ordination debate. We try to use these texts to solve whether women can be um, leaders in the church, ordained in the church. But you can't use it that way because both sides can, can take the evidence and, and skewer it the way they want. For example, um, those who, against female ordination could say, well, look how rare Deborah is. She's the only female judge. Uh, women were rarely ever leaders in the Old Testament. So the very rarity shows it's not God's way. But then the other side says the exact opposite with the same information. Isn't Deborah proof that God uses female leaders as well as male leaders? And so the problem is that the judges are not types of new covenant officers in the church. Hmm. Pastors today are not Judges, we're not the fulfillment of judges. Uh, we're not prophets. And then the same way deacons today are not priests from the Old Testament. Um, we, we vote our officers in by the congregation. This is, did not happen to the judges. Yeah. They, they were called by God alone, and then the people simply um, obeyed that call. And so the result is, if we're trying to use these stories to solve our modern questions about who can be what we call a church officer and ordained, we're, we're going to use it for what it's not there for at all. No. And so what we're going to see, what you're going to show, is that Deborah is not a type of church officers. She's a type of Christ, as all the judges were. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's, that's really good. And. And it's interesting because when we take a closer look at the actual passage, like you said, without imposing our own modern modern problems into it, we, we see something very interesting because nothing in the story itself indicates that Deborah was God's judgment or anything. Deborah is simply the solution to a problem that Israel had. Israel was in oppression. God raises Deborah. So it's an, it's an all over positive passage. So to read this story negatively as this is somehow part of the, you know, somehow relevant to the um, female ordination debate, it's simply asegesis because that's not the point of the passage at all. Um, and, and just kind of quickly answering those who kind of bring up Hebrews 1132 as an objection. That's, uh, that's not a really good passage to use. The key verse in that in, in Hebrews 11 is that God makes strong out of weakness. And when we read the story of Deborah and Barak, God made Barak strong because he, he lacked faith. He didn't want to go alone in battle. He wanted Deborah with him. And, 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 and that's, that, that's why he's mentioned, because God 
despite Barak's weakness, used him to bring victory over Israel. So once again, to kind of use Hebrews 11 and impose impose it on, on our passage to mean something negative is simply not right. So so in, 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 in contrast to all of that, what I want us to do is two things, is kind of see her, Deborah's ministry as judge and see her ministry as prophet um, on, uh, on a closer level, have a closer lens to it. The first thing I want us to see is is, is Deborah's um, ministry as judge. She was she was righteous. She had no moral failures like others, like Samson or Gideon, and she had a very, like I said, a very prosperous ministry. She was wise. Disputes were resolved. There was peace among the people of Israel, and she was also key in leading Israel to military victory. So, as a judge, she was she was great. She was amazing. She's a she's an act of God's grace and mercy. As a prophet. She's actually extremely similar, similar to, to the ministry of Samuel in the same way that Samuel would advise King Saul to where to fight, how to fight. Deborah would instruct Barak to do the same. And as we, as we see later on, Deborah, because of Deborah's advice, Barak is actually able to be victorious. But more than just kind of instructing Barak, we see that Deborah's ministry as prophet also includes a song a spirit-inspired song where Deborah is identified as a leader and as a mother of Israel. And as we're going to take a closer look later on, these are not negative titles. These are actually extremely positive titles. But more importantly, what Deborah does through this spirit-inspired song and as a prophetess, she corrects Israel's theology. Israel's problem was idolatry, and we see her great efforts to redirect Israel's worship to the one true God. So we're going to expand on that in a moment. Before that, Pastor, do you have any any thoughts on the unique role that judges and prophets played in Israel's history? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to see Deborah as some kind of judgment on Israel is so the exact opposite of what's happening. Hmm. Because Israel is slipping away into apostasy in this cycle in judges, and they're in danger of being judged according to the, um, the covenant in Deuteronomy. And so God raises up this stopgap measure of these judges to save his people. And so this is sort of transitioning to the monarchy where the kings, as we've talked about, will represent the people. God will no, no longer deal directly with the people, but indirectly through a leader. Hmm. And so we already see that Deborah is a great blessing on Israel because judges were not even mentioned in the law of Moses, you know, being no. military deliverers. But it's an emergency stopgap to save Israel from judgment because of their apostasy. And so it's Deborah's righteousness. It's, it's her role that becomes um, a savior of Israel. That's why we're saying this always points to Christ. Exactly. And it's interesting because the author of Judges is, is not afraid to highlight the failures of the judges and the people. We see a lot of examples throughout the book, whether that be Samson or Gideon, and the most obvious one being the people of Israel, who were constant idolaters, who did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. In contrast to all of them, we have Deborah, a righteous judge. And and, and the thing is here, what I found really interesting, Pastor, is that Deborah isn't just a mere judge. She's not like... Um, like she, I'm sorry. She she doesn't operate like a like a normal judge. The language used for Deborah is actually comparable to that of Moses. Let me give you an example. 
And in Judges 4, 5, we have the people coming up to Deborah to solve disputes in the tree of Deborah, where she sat down and, and handled uh, different situations. We see that same exact language used for Moses in the in uh, for Moses in, in in Israel in the desert. People would come up to Moses to solve disputes the same way that people would come up to Deborah. If anything, for the audience who's familiar with the Exodus story and the wilderness story, they would see Deborah as a type of Moses in Israel's spiritual wilderness, as Deborah was leading them, guiding them, and instructing them. So far from being Deborah being some sort of negative figure or some sort of judgment against Israel, once again, she's a blessing. She's a type of Moses in Israel's spiritual wilderness. Any thoughts, Pastor, on her being a righteous judge compared to others and her being a type of Moses in Israel's wilderness? Yeah, what's fascinating is that as much as the moderns from both sides of the gender role debate and women in office debate want to appropriate this text for their view, the story itself, when you read it, does not care much at all that Deborah's a woman. Hmm. We do. That's sort of the big issue now when we look at Deborah. But the author of the passage says nothing about it. And it's even more, what's even more is that the men of Israel don't care. Um, was it unusual for a leader to be a woman? Yeah, it was unusual. But all the men came to her uh, for judgments. They saw God's call on her life. She was the one appointed. You don't have this rebellion movement of men saying, um, you know, this is a woman. We will not submit to her authority. This is not the proper creation order. You know, and this is a patriarchal culture. Yeah. And yet the men are simply going to her because she's the one God had called. And so we bring our modern gender role debates to the passage, but the people in the passage really don't care about them. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's once again shows that this, this story is concerned with something completely different and how our own misconceptions blur the beauty of the, of the story. Now, uh, one of the most fascinating elements of the story of Deborah is her song. Okay. Why? Because she's the only judge with a song. And when we read the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see that key figures had songs, whether that be Moses, Miriam, David, and even Mary, the mother of Jesus. So what's important about this song is two things. It's one, one has to do with Deborah and one has to do with Israel. The first one has, the, regarding the first, we see that the song of Deborah identifies her as a leader and as the mother of Israel. There's nothing derogatory about these titles at all, but rather a recognition of what Deborah did and who she is. I've actually heard people say that, I forgot where, but they're like, oh, you see, uh, she's identified, they call her the mother of Israel. This must therefore mean that, you know, this is to shame Israel, that someone, a female would would would, would somehow lead them or save them. But I'm like, no, in the context, you know, in the same way that a mother protects her children, Deborah protected Israel. So it's not, it's not a negative title. It's positive. The song is not meant to shame Israel for having a woman, but rather an expression of praise to the Most High, an expression of praise to God for um, giving them someone like Deborah. Now, the second, like I said, has to do with Israel. The song's purpose was to show Israel that the victory is from Yahweh, the one true God. Israel had a consistent problem, and it was idolatry. They did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, 
by going after Baal, by going after the gods of the Canaanites. So what does Deborah do with this song? She's teaching them. She says, you know what? It was God who raised the armies. It was God who led the people of Israel. It was God who conquered their enemies. So Deborah, alongside with Barak, were reshaping the twisted theology of Israel to the true faith. And it's really beautiful because we see Deborah's concern not only with Israel's political freedom and that they no longer have um, foreign oppressors over them, but she was also concerned for their spiritual health. She wanted them to turn back from false gods to the one true God. So, Pastor, any thoughts on on Deborah's song and what she's doing here? Um, yeah, as you said, she's obviously a, a positive role model. She has a very important place in, in this in these 40 years of Israel's life. And as you said, we're always looking ahead to see how this points to a greater Deborah who will deliver and love um, his people, Jesus. And so, again, seeing how this ends up with Christ being the true judge, the true deliverer. Remember, a judge in this time is a military deliverer, somebody who delivers Israel from oppressors. And so Deborah is only a positive example here. And as you said, there are no sins attributed to her. It doesn't mean she's not a sinner, but uh, the, they're... they're the aspect of this that points to Christ are all positive. Exactly. So this perfectly transitions us to our the horizontal element of our story. And by horizontal, we mean how does this story point towards the new covenant, towards the promised kingdom of God? And as you said early on, all judges were a type of Christ, right? And by, by logic, Deborah was a type of Christ. And when we read the story of judges, it's actually a very sad story because even the good judges died and their efforts died with them. Israel returned to constant evil. In other words, there was a need for a better and greater judge and prophet. And that's exactly who Jesus is. Jesus is our greater judge and prophet. He had no moral failure. His rule is not temporary, but eternal. And his freedom, the freedom that Christ provides is, is greater than mere political freedom. Through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, his whole ministry. We, the church, are a people who are free from the slavery of sin, death, and Satan. Deborah couldn't change the hearts of her people, but Christ can. And that's that's the beauty of, of the kingdom of God, of, of the of the new heavens and the new earth, of, of, of the church that we enjoy, that we enjoy a greater and better judge and prophet. Now, um, oh, and actually, as a side note, Deborah was trying to re-educate Israel on the knowledge of the one true God. And in Christ reveals not merely about God, but merely it reveals God himself, God in the flesh, the ultimate translation of God to, to man. So it is really beautiful to see Christ not only as a greater judge, but as a greater prophet, as he reveals God in a way that Deborah couldn't to her people. Now. For the vertical element of our story, this is like how we apply, how do we apply this as a new covenant people? Well, something something interesting about our story is that Deborah had faith and humility in God's promises in the face of 900 enemy chariots. Deborah did not lead the armies, but Barak did. And, and we see not only her faith and humility that God was going to give them victory, we also, we also see her humility. Instead of her herself leading the armies, she let Barak take part of the glory. 
And, and that's actually interesting because we see this type of behavior encouraged in the new covenant. In Philippians 2.3, the Apostle Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. So what, what we have here is someone, an example of the new covenant ethic, that we ought to have faith and humility in God's promises and also allow others, right, to, in, in some cases, take the glory and, 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 and allow others to, to um, sorry, in, in, instead put others above our own selves. So in that sense, we see Deborah's being an example of the new covenant ethic. But more than that, we see in her story that God uses both men and women for his glory. When in, in the day of Pentecost, we see that God's spirit rests upon all of us, men and women, slaves and free people, Jews and Gentiles, for what? For the building up of his kingdom. So we see that even women play a part in God's kingdom. Deborah played a part in Israel's history, and women today play a part in God's kingdom. And it's a very, very, very beautiful thing. So you have any thoughts, Pastor, on our horizontal and vertical elements of our story? I, I think you made the point that I was going to make in, in just to have how she's an example of a believer as well as a type of Christ. And, and our trust in God's promises and our living for others and serving. And she's doing all these things in that particular calling. But it does show how men and women will be used by God's people to build his kingdom. And um, it's a beautiful picture if we don't ruin it <laughs> uh, yeah. by using Deborah to, to be on a certain side of a modern debate. Exactly. So in, in conclusion... We ought to see Deborah's story as a story of God's grace and mercy, not judgment. Judgment against Israel's enemies, but not judgment against Israel uh, Israel itself. And, and more than that, we see Deborah, like, like we just said, it shows that women also play an important part in God's kingdom and not just men. And we ought to imitate Deborah's great faith and humility. Um, but ultimately... We rest in the great judge and prophet Jesus who did what Deborah couldn't do. Christ has transformed the hearts of his people and has freed us from death, sin, and Satan. So ultimately, we ought to see the story of Deborah as pointing towards Christ, pointing towards Christ's victory over, over sin and over death. And that's that's what you and I experience. And that's 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 the glory of our passage. Any final thoughts, Pastor, as we close? No, I appreciate your work on this, and uh, I just wanted to give a brief uh, promo for what we'll do next week. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about parenting, mm. and especially parenting from the Old Testament. So we're going to kind of move into a different area of how to interpret the Old Testament, but looking forward to that. But thanks for your time today. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my mama told me Cause she said she learned the hard way Said she wanna spare the children She said don't give a say your soul away Cause all that you have is your soul
Don't be tempted by the shiny apple Don't you eat of a bitter fruit Hunger only for a taste of justice Hunger only for a world of truth Cause all that you have is your soul